the Bible is not God's word. They are not de facto synonymous. Welcome to the Garden Restored Podcast, a series of dialogues that draw us back to Jesus and into the abundance of heaven on earth. Remember, beloved, the kingdom is here and it is within. Within the canon of scripture are so many different voices and so many different concepts. For example, the devil is quoted multiple times throughout the Bible. We have instances where we know exactly who is speaking and it is not God. Um, We even have passages where it is human, humanity speaking to God. Take the Psalms, for example, David speaking to God. It's a very clear, the conversational direction is very clear. However, we oftentimes don't distinguish this. For example, the fact that we quote Ecclesiastes, there are certain passages that are not kingdom. They, they, they don't pass the Jesus test. For example, be merry and, you know, enjoy your work, be merry and die, essentially. Solomon, that was his perspective. But we know that's not a kingdom mindset. We have an eternal perspective. And we know that we have hope in the here and now. The kingdom is here and within us, and we can experience a restoration of that relationship between us and God, us and each other, us and ourselves. Not into perfection in the here and now, but it's a progressive work of just glory to glory, right? And so we get this mix, these mixed messages of what we believe we're supposed to apply to our lives when we don't sit down and examine and really parse out what are God's actual words to us and what are the words of others? What are situations that God was speaking in? And, and separate the situation from the um, highest will and the desire of God. There's so many examples of this where it is not a... It's not a kingdom situation, but God shows up and speaks in the midst of it because that's life, right? If God only spoke when things were perfect, none of us would hear from God, right? And so there's this this struggle and this need for intentionality and understanding that God is communicating with people who have their own biases and their own filters and their own societal constructs and their own um, oppressive systems and etc etc and instead of saying you have to get all your you have to get your act completely together for me to speak into the midst of this he elects to speak despite and irregardless of that and call us into a higher kingdom and so this is so critical to understand because when we are examining our own faith and walking in the way, which is what uh, the followers of Jesus called it in early um, in early Christianity, the way uh, we have to understand that everything is subordinate to the personhood of Christ. Jesus is the living word. More than any scripture or more than any text, more than any prophecy, more than any psalm or love note, Jesus is the word of God. And so if something does not pass the vibe check with Jesus, then it is not God's word, period. And we have to understand um, as well, looking even at the Old Testament versus New Testament, that what we are seeing at times is how the beholder of the glory of God, the beholder of Yahweh was interpreting his presence and his requirements for entrance. But all along the Old Testament, we get glimpses of the understanding of who Christ is. David is one who really understood the heart of God. And we get these 
pops in these glimpses that feel very, as we say, very New Testament in this Old Testament kind of brutal uh, society. And those glimpses pointed to Christ. And then when we see Christ, we see the fullest fulfillment of this love of God's nature. What we have to remember, if we are truly followers of Christ, then the buck stops, starts, begins, ends through Jesus, period. And he is the complete and total meter stick for all we do. If anything else is a meter stick for our faith, then we are not Christians, little Christs. We are something else. And that is okay. But we need to be truthful about who we are following, what we're following. Are we following Paul more than Jesus? Are we following Peter more than Jesus? Are we following Jeremiah? Are we following the Pentateuch? Are we following Moses? Because the scripture is beautiful and there's so much context and richness in this tradition that we have been able to take on. And we understand that Jesus is the fulfillment of this, the culmination, the embodiment, incarnation, God in flesh of the Most High, the Ancient of Days. And so when we take our eyes off of the living word and we start saying that all the scripture is equal, that, um, you know, the verses on retribution, the verses on how we should treat slaves, the verses on how in this one context people were instructed to worship, when we place that above Jesus, who made it very clear that his kingdom is one of no hierarchy, his kingdom is an upside down one where the low are exalted and the exalted are laid low, where um, the rich struggle in a world where the rich were always ahead and those who are poor um, have a uh, have equal access to the richness of God's voice. That is the kingdom that we're a part of, ladies and gentlemen. And if any piece of scripture does not line up with that, we don't throw away the whole book, but we say we understand that Okay, we now have the fullest understanding of who God is. That's not to say that we understand God completely in his infinite being, but we understand the framework and and his identity as um, as much as we can as humans in Christ. And frankly, Christ is not a nebulous character. He speaks in a lot of parables, but most of them he explained afterwards. And it's funny when you go outside of the church, as I've been talking with people, it's so clear that most people do not have a problem with Jesus. It's all the religious dogma that we attach to him that becomes an issue. And it's an issue for us as well. How many of us are living in fear and shame and fragmentation? We read the passage about, you know, seek first the kingdom and all be added. We read about how Jesus said that his yoke is easy, his burden is light. We see people following after him, losing their lives because they believed in his delivering power. They saw the, the, the humble, fiery love of God incarnate. And somehow we, we feel like our lives just are not matching. We can't seem to put it together. It's never enough. You know, the joy is not there. We understand we've been forgiven, but it just doesn't translate into this new life we're hoping. And heaven on earth, you know, the kingdom of God, that's, that's, that's stuff for when I die. That's after. But but what I want to encourage you, friend, is look and see where you have um, where you have taken on words that you find in Scripture and assumed them to be the the character of God and it, the character of Jesus um, by by default, right? And see if it truly does match Jesus's words. Go through the Gospels and read his words and reacquaint yourself with who he really is and what he said outside of 
the prophecies about him before and the working out who he was after in the early church. For yourself, get into the Gospels and see who is Jesus, the, the actual word of God, and who did he say that he was. I encourage you today, friend, to ditch the whole the Bible is the word of God because we understand that there are so many voices in here. And even if um, you believe that God inspired every word, there are clearly dialogues where somebody is responding. Job, his friends responded back to him, right? Job said, his wife said, curse God and die. Is that the word of God? No, right? We can understand that. And you might not think it's a big deal, but when we are not accurate and we're disingenuous with, with our words, it causes other people to stumble. Even if we're doing fine, if even if we say the Bible is the word of God and we understand the nuance, there are so many who don't. And it, it's harmful. And there's people who are not following the way. And they see when we say that and they're like, well, but this, this, and this is in the Bible. So you're saying that is God? But that doesn't even make sense. Like it doesn't make logical sense, frankly. And it, it just does us a disservice. It does the kingdom a disservice. Just examine that. Wrestle with that and see how you feel about that. And if that is a fearsome thing for you, if there's a lot of fear and angst around accepting the fact that there are conversations in the Bible that are clearly not God's voice or like even the whole Psalms it is written to God and there is some prophetic language in there but it was David's and sons of Korah etc to God you know that's just a fact if that is if that is something that is heavy in you ask yourself why get curious about why to you your faith is hinged upon the Bible every single word having to be God manifesting himself to humanity and explore that explore those feelings it's never easy work to consider alternative perspectives and uh, I'm not saying I have this all figured out I'm not saying I am the truth bearer but it's just something that is burning in my heart and I see so many people being tripped up by taking on verses and passages and mentalities that God never meant for them to take on just because it's found in scripture I truly think that reading scripture in the wrong context and taking everything almost like an open source code taking everything in the bible and putting it on yourself i think is actually quite dangerous because you see in the bible the story of of millennia of people who failed and tried again some people who didn't some people who just utterly failed and didn't want to do better some people who were who were wrestling with their spirituality and with who this ancient of days was and there are some things that we can learn and we don't need to relive some of these lessons. We don't need to relive Solomon's depressive episode where he thinks that everything is meaningless, Christians. That's not that's not true. We know that's not true. So there are certain things we need to read with our eyes wide open and be aware and be sensitive and not succumb to the leaven of the Pharisees that says that you must be dogmatic and it has to you have to take on every single word and every single thing or else you are not right you're not doing well at the end of the day the early christian church did not even have the canon of scripture but what they had was a knowledge of the living word of god god in 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 flesh god incarnate and that was enough and church i believe that as we move again western church specifically as we move again to realign ourselves with Jesus and to be recaptivated with him and not all the things about him, that deeply intimate connection that we can have inside of ourselves, outside of what anybody else has to say, 
then we will see revival and we will see flourishing we will see elevation we will see strongholds come down we will see these pressing issues of our society sex trafficking racism suicide mental health um, even physical health um, all of these things child abuse so many things that can just be dissolved in the light of the kingdom of god but but church we have to show up operating in the principles of the kingdom to make it happen we cannot operate in the principles of the pentateuch we cannot operate in the principles of the psalms we cannot operate in the principles of the early of the letters to the early church we cannot operate in the principles of revelations we have to operate in the principles of the kingdom first and foremost and all these things can help us on that journey but we need to be careful to not substitute these scaffolding and these um elements that point back to jesus for Jesus himself. It's like worshiping an icon instead of diving into that intimate connection that we have available to us. And so I I hope today that you'll take time to reflect on your relationship with the scripture and see where the way you are approaching it may not be serving you and your relationship with Jesus.